Today on Rolling with New York Mike. Here I am, two weeks before the election, and I'm believing it's going to be big, bad red wave. A really, because some people say tsunami. Okay, it's going to be a tsunami. It's going to be a big red wave, and I feel good about that. Welcome to Rolling with the most patriotic man I know, my husband. And now, his podcast, Rolling with New York Mike. Get on the ride. Hi, I'm New York Mike, and this is Rolling with New York Mike. Yeah, I've been, I've been, I've been out. I've been gone. I've been rolling across America, not rolling on a motorcycle though. I've been rolling in a car. Yeah, I had some business in Pennsylvania, and I did not want to fly to Pennsylvania. I just didn't want to fly. Didn't want to fly, go to the, the whole thing, and then get there and get a rental car and drive from one side to the next. I said, you know, I'm just going to drive straight across. So that's what I did. It was just. A great trip. It was it was quick. I made it there in two and a half days. Boom. Got out of here, what, Friday a week ago? Got on the road like in the afternoon. I got there Sunday, 11 o'clock at night. Boom, boom, boom. That was it. And it's interesting. I, I got to tell you, in the first place, I like I like Pennsylvania. It, it's kind of a it's kind of a cool place. I don't like Philadelphia. I, I've been there too many times, and I can tell you, Pennsylvania is an interesting state. You got Philadelphia on one side, then you got Pittsburgh on the other side. Both of those places, bastions of of the left. The way it is, Philadelphia. Philadelphia, I know, is very, very left, very Democrat. I don't know why the Republicans had their national convention. Why do they pick these left-wing Democrat cities? You would think, and I got to tell you, it's the logic I don't understand. You'd think that they would reward the cities that are supportive of us. But no, no. <laughs> that was my, I'd, I'd been to Philadelphia before. I had a friend of mine. When I was in the Air Force, Tony Magazoo, whose dad was chief of police in Philadelphia, believe it or not. Tony Magazoo, great guy. My God, we have more fun. And so I, I remember this. So this was what, 1960 Pickett, uh, three, four, five. And went back to Philly with Tony and spent, uh, what, a, a few days at his house. And, and we went to Pat's Steaks on 6th and Wharton, which was right near the prison, I guess. I don't know. A long time ago. But then I, I went there again because Harley Davidson had their national dealer meeting, I think, was in Philadelphia or one of the local dealers and it was in Philly. And all, it was horrible. Horrible. They had us in a big auditorium or breakout sessions and classroom places and they, they were trying to show a slideshow. So one person they had to get somebody from the staff to plug in the slide projector, right? And put that in. And then, you know, we couldn't just do the slideshow. They had to bring in another union worker to operate this actual slideshow and show the slides. I, I mean, I, I, I think there was also some controversy over flipping the light switch. <laughs> I mean, you got to laugh, but, and then, and then, and I don't remember what year that was, but I remember the, the Republican National Convention. Oh my God. It was, I, I, I just, I mean, the convention went well. And I think it was when George Bush was confirmed as the 
presidential nominee or whatever. But it, it was it was a fine convention. But what a disastrous place to have it. It's I, I, I just find it weird. But it, it is what it is. Anyway, I've been a Pittsburgh Steeler fan for a long time. I'm not, I'm not I'm not one of these guys that gets all crazy about professional sports. I played a lot of sports when I was young. I played football. I played I never played baseball the way I would have liked. I've loved baseball. I never really got to play it like as a high school sport, little league. I mean couldn't afford <laughs> couldn't afford a baseball glove. <laughs> Let alone a hat and a whole uniform. Forget about it. But played a lot of football and a lot of other boxing, obviously martial arts. Traveled around the country competing in karate tournaments for years and years. So I, I, I did all that and growing up in New York I was a Yankee fan. I was a kid I was maybe because I was in Brooklyn, me being the disruptor I am. So I grew up in Brooklyn, everybody was gaga over the Dodgers growing up. Gil Hodges, Duke Snyder was huge, Pee Wee Reese, of course Jackie Robinson. It was a big deal. I love the Yanks. I love the Yanks. Joe DiMaggio, and I, I came in right after him, but Mickey Mantle was just just the best. That was the best. So I've, it stuck with me. I've always been a Yankee fan. And when they win, I feel good. When they bad, I, when they lose, I feel bad. That's a fact. That's a fact. Do I know the numbers? Do I know the names of the players? No. Did I know them when I was a kid? Of course. There were eight. Eight teams in the league, National League, American League. I knew the names of everybody on the Dodgers and everybody on the Yankees. I did not know the names of everybody on the Giants. And I didn't know any other team. Well, there were certain names that stood out. And so that was that was great. But I for some reason, got to really admire the Rooney family who owned the Pittsburgh Steelers. Now, I, I know the Maris owned the Giants, and I, I believe the story goes that I think it was Wellington Mara, one of the Maras, won, won the Giants in the card game. But those were the days back in the early days of the National Football League and all the great stories and all the great characters that owned it. And that's before there were all these, I don't know, the politics of race and who owns it and which coach is white and which coach is black. Yeah, they, they didn't let blacks play in the... They had the Negro Baseball League, and that's all wrong, and we, we've come a long ways. you got to acknowledge that. If you don't acknowledge that, then all that progress and all that, all the fighting and all the wins that you had to go through and the losses lose their meaning. If you don't go, this is where we're at. The now, live in the now. Appreciate the past. Appreciate the people that went before us and accomplished all the things. That, that's great. But live in the now and appreciate it. But we don't. <laughs> or maybe the now is just so so much of a, of a mess. But I always really appreciate the Rooney family. And then when, before my son Danny was born, it was when my daughter Heather was born. And in that year, waiting for Heather to be born, thinking about names and all that, one Sunday morning I read about the Roonies, the older brother of the, of the, there were like seven or eight Rooney brothers. And the older brother died over the weekend when Wellington Mara's daughter or son married, <laughs> married Art Rooney, who was the principal owner of the Steelers, married his daughter or son. I don't remember which is which. But the story was about Father Dan Rooney, who actually was Father Ignatius, I believe. That was his Catholic priest name, Father Ignatio. 
passed away the Friday night. And the Sunday Times comes out, and Anderson or Cashman, one of the great sports writers, writes his column about the fact that Dan Rooney, the oldest brother, who became a priest, but was the best athlete in the family, and how he passed away. But this article about Dan Rooney, it it just brought tears to my eyes. And what a shame that he wasn't able to officiate over the wedding and all that. He had turned down, if I remember right, in 1924, he turned down a $5,000 signing bonus with the New York Yankees to become a priest. And he went on to coach St. Bonaventure's to national championships and and all these little details in this article about Dan Rooney and it was just it was it just got me and I said I'm gonna if I have a son I'm gonna I'm gonna name him Dan well I had a daughter, a daughter my daughter Heather who was the best athlete in my family and one of the best athletes I've ever known bar none I mean she's amazing but then my next kid I named that kid Dan Danny Daniel after Dan Rooney and so there's always been a a soft spot in my heart for the Pittsburgh Steelers having said all that what's that got to do with my trip to Pennsylvania. Well, it's, I don't know much about Pittsburgh, except that from what I'm hearing now, as I drive through Pennsylvania and, and I'm seeing all the, the politics that's going on, because this is important stuff. This is big stuff. We need to get Dr. Oz, Mehmet Oz, like him, don't like him, whatever. I don't see why he wouldn't like him. I mean, clearly the guy he ran against in the primary was better liked overall. But Mehmet Oz got the Trump endorsement and won the primary, and there he is. But politics, what it is, people are like, well, we like the other guy. Okay. (laughs) Politics is a team sport, folks, and we need our team in there. We really do. So anyway, Dr. Oz is running against this guy, John Fetterman, who is a total, absolute nutcase. Why, <laughs> you Democrats, pick these people? I mean, maybe you're going to say the same thing about our people. I don't think so. But how do you defend John Fetterman? He's a goofball. He wants to let, what, half the prisoners out, a third of the prisoners out? As a member of the parole board, he's let out these killers who come back and committed more crimes, in some cases murders. He's a whack job about some of this stuff. And of course, he doesn't want any fracking. He's not good. When you see him, he comes out there in his hoodie, sweatshirt. and Okay, I mean, I, I, I can get with that. I'm not a suit and tie guy anymore. <laughs> Haven't been for many, many years. I get it. But I, I, I wore a nice sport jacket when I ran for office. I mean, you got to respect the office that you're running for. He's running for the United States Senate. Now, I know he did show up or he's showing up. I think tonight he's got his uh, debate against Dr. Oz, which he's already said he's not going to win the debate, but he's going to win the election, blah, blah, blah. He's not a debater. And, and of course, having had a stroke, it sets him back a bit. I, I don't want to hold that against him. If he was one of my guys, I'd be calling him a champion for stepping up in spite of the fact he had a stroke. I've been down that road. I had cancer. I've had other serious things happen. And I feel like you want to you want to overcome that. You want to do what you got to do in spite of things that might hold you back. And that's admirable. So I don't want to knock him because he's had a stroke. I think he could communicate pretty good in any event. But I just think the guy's a nutcase. Nonetheless, 
when I got to Pennsylvania, I got into Bethlehem, and that's where I was doing some business and meeting people and doing things. And then uh, I was there Sunday night, Monday, Tuesday. Wednesday, I drove to Altoona. That's where Petrina's family's from, and I have some friends. And my friend Brian Gates, I got to stay with Petrina's brother Mikey, who's fantastic, and had a great time with him and appreciate the hospitality. Mikey, Jen, and Jet, their son, who I've known since he's like this little kid, little kid crazy hockey player all the way through high school. Now he's 18 years old. He's like six foot whatever. He's older than all of us. But they really extended themselves, and that was great. But I got to spend a couple of days hanging out with my buddy Brian Gates, bodyguard to the stars. <laughs> great guy. He's had a karate school in, um, in Altoona for, what, 36, 36, 38 years? And so we got to spend, we had breakfast on Wednesday morning. It was fantastic. We just spent the whole day. Went to cigar bars. He showed me the town. Now, I've been there dozens of times. I'd say dozens. I've been there a lot. Brian just had this pride. Mike, have you seen this, that, whatever, and all that? So really got to spend some time. Then on the next one, he went, went about on a long He said, let's go to breakfast someplace else. It's a little drive, but you'll like it. We, we drove for an hour <laughs> through the countryside to someplace called Mamie's or Mammy's or whatever, where you had to stand on line outside for about, oh, at least a half an hour <laughs> before we got in. <laughs> and it's, that, that's what's their claim to fame. Now, the food was different. It was, there was a lot of it. It was interesting, but <laughs> we, we had a great time. Then I went back and watched him teach a class. First, he taught a, a kid's class. That was kind of cool. And then he had a black belt class after that, and that was kind of cool. So got to spend a little time and had some more insights about Pennsylvania. And the insight I'll, I'll pass on to you that's interesting was there's a very politically invested state. And I, I think the, in, the the East Coast is very much like that wherever you go. But there wasn't a, 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 a house that didn't have a sign on their lawn. And most of the signs, I, I think the guy for running for governor is Mastriano running against Shapiro. And I did see one or two Shapiro signs, maybe maybe three or four. Every sign was Mastriano, every, everyone. And Oz, Dr. Oz. Now I saw three. And I'll tell you, there were three, <laughs> that was it, between Altoona and Bethlehem and everything in between. I got to see three Fetterman signs, period. <laughs> that was it. And and no, I don't remember seeing any Fetterman bumper stickers. No, I don't think so. Not one. Nope, nope. So, but that, again, here's Pennsylvania, it's like America. You got this big flyover country in between New York and California. And of course, California, you got to count Washington and Oregon, which is just as blue as California. And when you go to New York, you got to count Boston, virtually all of New England, and then Maryland, and I mean, that whole area. It's all blue. And then, you know, and everything is, so it's the same thing. You got the flyover country, and Pennsylvania's the same way. You got Philadelphia on one side, and Pittsburgh on the other side, and everything that's in between is pretty red. <laughs> but the population of Philly and, and uh, Pittsburgh are, are, are huge. Those were the 
the concentration of people are, it, it just, it's going to be hard to overcome that. And I don't understand. I haven't been to Pittsburgh a lot. I think I was there once. No, twice. Um, <laughs> but I have a lot of friends from Pittsburgh. I don't have one friend from Pittsburgh who's a Democrat. They are strong conservative. And I, and I got a, quite a few friends from Pittsburgh. And they're all concerned. I don't know one person from Pittsburgh who's who's a liberal. I just don't. And Philadelphia, I, the only guy I know from Philadelphia who I don't know but I know is Jesse Waters, who's as conservative as it gets, right? So God bless him. He's going to have fun, the Philadelphia Phillies, in the World Series. And I know Jesse's real happy about that. So God bless you. I was very disappointed that the Padres didn't win. Even more disappointed that the Yankees got blanked. They got blanked. Boom. Just wiped out. That's that's crazy. And it gives me the willies. Because I always say, when the Yankees win, the world is right. <laughs> it's, it's like, yeah, everything's going to be fine. They get wiped out. That bothers me. Now, I've been talking to some friends. And of course, I... A little bit of politics once in a while. I, I talk a little bit of politics. <laughs> but I've been trying to assess what's happened. And believe me, one of the reasons I like, I, I like driving. And driving across the country versus riding. When I ride, I can do, I'd say average six, 650 a day, 650 miles. Some days I'll do seven. I, I mean, you know, I've done eight. But that's about the limit. And you can't do it every day. And you're not going to stop and hang out and talk to people. Well, you can at night. Now, when Robin and I travel around the country, we'll ride all day, try to stop five, six o'clock, grab a cigar, get a bite to eat. And we do talk. And then that's true. But that's a four or five day trip across the country, at least. We've done it in four or five. I think it's more like a six day trip for normal people. And here I am driving across the country, and it just seems like I'm able to get out of the car and hang out. And I don't know why I say that, because when you drive across the country in two and a half days, that's, you can't, you're covering a lot of territory, and it doesn't seem like you have a lot of time. But I, I, I just felt like I could do that, and, and I can get a better sense of where people were coming into this election two weeks away. Next Tuesday, then the following Tuesday is Election Day in America. So, yeah, I, I don't have a sense of what's going on in the middle of the country. I really don't. I, I'd like to say that it's trending red, that it's trending conservative, it's trending Republican. I'd like to say that. But I'm afraid that that's just because I want it to be that way so bad. And I do. And so listening to the news... I feel better. But then I also listen, the, the one station I like to listen, you know, the, the CNN and the MSNBC, well, eh, once in a while. I like NPR, National Public Radio. It's scary. It really is. I, I think you would think that the world is left, that there is no such thing as a right. They don't argue about politics. They just talk about being being an American is being a left. Brought to you by Bank of whatever and the, the whatever family and whatever. Brought to you by all these people sponsoring them. And it's not a debate with NPR about climate change or a woman's right to choose whether or not to have an abortion. No, it's a woman's right to choose. Period. It's her body, her life, her body, her health. Her bo As if we're talking about, is it legal to get a mammogram? 
<laughs> that's that's NPR. So I, I listen to NPR, and I, I after about an hour or so of one of these crazy programs where they interviewed all these young, mostly female college students who are first-time voters, and it, it's uh, oh. I had to go. I had to get back to Fox. <laughs> it, it really, it almost wrecked the trip. But it was in. It, it, I have an interesting sense, and I we're gonna know in two weeks. My might as well be positive. I always had the philosophy, I guess you'd call it. When I'm making a deal, I'm not gonna sit back and go. Ah, it's probably not gonna sign. Yeah, they're not gonna do it. And because I may as well enjoy the fact that the deal's being made for that month. You work on usually deals when you work on whether you're buying something or selling something, buying a building, buying a business, selling whatever. There's usually, I, I, I'd say, six months. The formation of the whole thing, the discussions, the due diligence, getting all your facts together, raising the money, figuring out what it's going to cost, how you're going to. I mean, there's a lot of time goes into it. Then you get down to that last, there's a certain moment, a tipping point, if you will, when you're putting a deal together where, okay, it's there. There's the deal. There's the baby. The baby's formed. <laughs> you got you got arms and legs. You got the heartbeat. It's there. Okay. And, and now in that, that last, and, I, and I'll say a month before the, the no, this isn't Harvard Business School. <laughs> I, <laughs> putting it out there. It's just me and my lifetime experience. In that last month, you don't know if you're going to make it, it's going to fall apart. And every minute, minute to minute, you doubt it. You're enthusiastic, and then you doubt you. And you start counting, oh, my God, this is all I've done for the last, oh, my God. How much have I spent? How many How many dinners? How many drinks? When you start looking back, you go, oh, my God, I think I must have spent $10,000. No, I spent a lot more than that. Oh, my God. Oh, And you start looking, oh, if this, it's not going to get me. Early on, I always envied people that could think positively all the way through. Even if they thought different, they projected to me the mentors that I had early on when I was in my early 20s and doing deals at Kennedy Airport and learning from the principals I was hanging out with, including my partner, Ronnie Roy, who taught me a huge amount in the, in the, in the two years from when I went into business with him till he passed away from Hodgkin's disease. I mean, that was terrible. But I learned a lot in that short period of time. And one of the things that I learned, I learned to try to do, and it's taken a lifetime, and it's I still haven't, quote, unquote, mastered it. Being positive is like, you got to believe. You got to believe. Just believe it's going to happen. You put all the work into it. Don't sit there and go, oh, it's not going to, what am I going to do if it doesn't go through? How am I going to? Well, you could think of all kinds of ways to save the deal if it's going down the drain. But don't let that take away from your enjoyment of the moment. You put this work into it. You've got this deal. You're going to make it because you want to find every reason to make it. And if it starts going south and it starts falling apart, think of the reasons, the arguments you're going to have to have to bring it to life, to keep it alive and make it happen are all the reasons why you should believe it's going to happen throughout the whole process. So here I am, two weeks before the election, and I'm believing it's going to be big, bad red wave. A really, because some people say tsunami. Okay, it's going to be a tsunami. It's going to be a big red wave. And I feel good about that having come back now i didn't get to philly nope i didn't get to pittsburgh i got to fly over country in pennsylvania and i got to meet some by the way i got to meet some really really cool people 
Everybody knows I love smoking cigars and I love hanging out in cigar lounges throughout the country. Shelly's Club Macanudo in New York City. Shelly's Back Room in Washington, D.C. Excalibur here in San Diego, as well as Lord Puffer. The Cathedral Cigar in Tampa. They're just some great cigar places all over the country. And I don't even know the names of some of them that I, when I go to different places, and I just, oh yeah, I know where that bar is and I'm going to go there. Up in LA, different there's a place on Ventura Boulevard. I don't know. That. But anyway, met some really terrific people. A small, a small group in Hollidaysburg, which is kind of sort of the part of Altoona, because they just have a little place there, but a much bigger group of great people in Bethlehem. And, and that was terrific. So you talk to people, and there's going to be people that are not believers who are debating and haven't made up their minds, but not where I hang out. <laughs> it, was, it was the best. And getting the input, why they're voting, how they're voting, and, and why they feel that we're going to win big time. So it, it, it feels good right now, and I want it to feel good. And if it all turns to mud, well, I'll worry about that then. Right now, I don't think so. I think we're going to win big. And, and when we win big, here's what's interesting. I think the Democrats made a big mistake. When I say Democrats, I'm talking about a big left wing, and, and I start to think of the word cabal. It's not a cabal. It's a, it's a huge population of left wingers in this country. The AOCs and the, the, the squad and all these people and, and their, their theme song of climate change and you've got to save the planet by just ruining America's economics. That's the theme song. They're going to save the planet. But the only thing they have control over is sacrificing American business in order to do that. Because they ain't sacrificing China's business. They're not sacrificing India's business or Russia's business or anyplace else. They're going to sacrifice America's economy to save the planet. Because that's all they have power over. Nothing else. And the people I just mentioned around the world, there's no way. Paris Peace Accords? What a joke. Yeah, in 2030, whatever, the Chinese will do this. Meanwhile, we're going to, uh, between now and then, <laughs> we're just going to bury. I mean, so that was, that's their goal, okay? They're going to do all these things that are economically disastrous for us, like the war on fossil fuels and, and so much more. So what do they do? How are they going to take over the United States of America? Well, they take it over by demonizing Donald Trump, by doing all the things that you... Again, like I say, every podcast that I do, that election was stolen. Any way you want to call it. Was it stolen because of they did this or they did that? They, they, they stole it in so many different ways. They stole it because of the of, of these um, media giants put out all... And some stuff that's coming out now that uh, it's just so much that was done to ensure that whoever the Democrat candidate was would win. Their biggest mistake was... Choosing the can Why? Why did they have to choose Biden Harris? I I mean the height of incompetency is whoever on the left chose Biden Harris. I mean Tulsi Gabbard was running for president. I don't know who the other Democrats are. It escapes me. But I'm sure they there could have been somebody that wasn't a 
as horrible a candidate and as terrible a president as Joe Biden or as totally dysfunctional a vice president as Kamala Harris. I mean, they literally picked the two worst people that they could. And I, I think to move forward, it would have been great if Trump got reelected. We would have moved the needle, as they say, further to the right. We would have gotten better policies. When Trump was running, the only thing I asked for was for him to, to change the, the ROEs, the rules of engagement that our military was. Because having been in the military and been in the war, I know what it was like to feel, feel handcuffed by the rules of engagement. We had them. Nothing near, not nearly as bad as the rules of engagement that our military had to deal with in Iraq and Afghanistan. Horrible. Horrible. Uh, I, I'm not going to go into the whole thing. But the only thing I, I was asking asking for was get rid of or change somehow the rules of engagement. And boy, he did that and so much more great things. So Biden comes in and it's terrible what we lost in Afghanistan. Not just the 13 lives, those 13 lives, precious, precious. And and uh, yeah, I've, I've talked about my, my experience at Nicole G's gravesite at Arlington with her husband, Jed, standing there, her family. I mean, can't emphasize enough how losing those, those 13 American heroes, how terrible that was. What a bad decision. And Bagram Air Base, $88 billion in, in weapons. It's horrible. And then I look at it, and I can't say there's any good that comes of it. But if the left had put in a more reasonable leader, had they found somebody with a little charisma, energy, life, somebody that could have maintained, captured and maintained the, the you know, loyalty of the Democrat Party and who that they could have defended their action. There is no way they could defend the action of Joe Biden and this Congress who followed them. They can't defend the inflation. They can't defend the the, the shutting off the, the oil, the war on fossil fuel. They can't defend it. They can't defend going from energy independence to total dependence and begging Saudi Arabia and having them smack you down and say, not only aren't they going to drop the price of oil or produce more oil, they're going to produce two million more, less, two million less barrels a week. I mean, a smack in the face. Why? Because Joe Biden is probably the worst person they could have chosen. The man has no energy, no charisma whatsoever. He's an absolute liar. You know, I mean, he's lied through his whole career, through his teeth, and he's corrupt. He's, he is just the worst, which is okay. Listen, it, it's he's botched. Every chance they would have had had they put in somebody cool. I mean, look at Klobuchar. You know, I don't, I don't, I don't like her. Don't get me wrong. She's supposedly not a well-liked person by her staff or people who work with her, but she's smart as hell. She has leadership quality. I mean, if he had a pick. And he said, I'm going to pick a black woman as vice president. Pick Val Demings. I mean, she scares me. This, I mean, I, again, you know, they, but they didn't. And so I, they're going to lose. They're going to, they're going to lose horribly. Not only are they going to lose, but they have, they have underlined, they have, you know, highlighted how wrong all their ideas and all their philosophies and policies are 
how wrong they were, how wrong they are. They're just the worst people they could have put in. And I don't want to say it's good for us because it's not. At the same time, we're going to have an opportunity now because I was just talking to a friend that said, oh, this is going to be, uh, we're going to, it's going to be the worst recession. It's going to be a depression. I have thought that. When you, if you ask me over the summer, I thought we we're going into a 1929 level depression. I really, truly did. And it's scary to think that. But I'm now thinking that though we might have been on a track to go there, that now things have gotten so bad. You know, Joe Biden comes and says, oh, this was uh, Putin who caused, you know, the, the price of gas. No, it was, it was your war on fossil fuels, including closing down the pipelines, making it very unattractive to invest in the energy business. Oh, yeah, they're making money. There's no question they're making money. That's, that's why they're in business. They're going to make money no matter what you do. You could try as much as you want. These are smart people running our energy companies, Mobile, Exxon, all these people. They're not stupid people. They're in business to make money. But we need we need energy. We need energy to run on. We need time to develop alternative ways of, you know, of using, you want to call it renewable energy. You don't have a grid that's even come, that come close to supporting the amount, the number of cars you think. So... But there's so much else going on. The dumbing down of, of, of the education system. The dumbing down of the kids in this country. They're dumbing them down. Look what, look what went on. Blame it on COVID. I know. What, what COVID did was expose it. It was happening anyway. They, they are, what they did had nothing to do with COVID. Don't let them tell you that. They were teaching these kids things like CRT and racist kind of issues and policies. And, you know, diversity, that's more important than learning. You know, when I ran for mayor, am I going to put black people? I'm going to put the best people for the job. Am I going to find someone that's black? I don't know. If that's the best person for the job, so be it. And, and this is what they want to teach in school. You want a diverse business, whatever. You want people of different, you know, one black, one white, one from column A, one from column B. Well, they could do that in China, but you don't do it here. <laughs> they do not do that in China. No, not even close. <laughs> they definitely find the best person for the job, and they're all Chinamen. <laughs> Over here, we have a big mixture of people. Get used to it. We're all American, and I don't care what color they are. I don't care how they look. I don't care whatever. We got to find the best person for the job every time. But they teach these kids today. What's really important is diversity. What really is important is the fact that the marginalized, did I say that right? Marginalized? Yeah. People of our country, the indigenous people, the American Indians, by the way. Remember those cowboys and Indians? Yeah. So, I mean, I mean that you you got to do things to help them. So not, you don't do things to be more successful. You do things to spread the wealth. You that's that's what they're teaching. They are dumbing down the, the, the kids everywhere from kindergarten where they're going to teach gender fluidity to kindergarten kid. To what? Four, five-year-old? Hello? Seriously? So their little minds where they, where they, where they, where they have to absorb how to learn the, the basics of mathematics. One and one and two, two and two and four, you know, how to count, one, two, three. That's what you learn. It's You, you spend the whole freaking day doing that. And you, if you don't dedicate the whole day teaching them A, B, C, D, 
The alphabet, that's what it is, yeah. A, B, C, D, E, F, G, that's, that's the whole day. How much time do you take away from that to talk about, do you really want to be a boy? Or would you rather be a girl? Or what pronouns? What's a pronoun? Don't worry about that. Are you a he or a she? Yeah. I mean, can you just, we, we, so they were doing this. It wasn't nothing to do with COVID. They were doing this. And then during COVID, because nobody could go to school and we saw everything on Zoom, we got to see what was going on in the classroom from our houses. They, it got exposed. They're bringing down. And they got caught. And the teachers union defended it. The Democrat Party defended it. The teachers unions are putting in all these left-wing Democrats. And we're fighting back. Finally. Finally, it's all exposed. Finally, we see what's going on. And we see it because of the idiots that they put in charge. That's exactly right. I'll call the president of the United States an idiot because his name is Joe Biden. And I will call Kamala Harris, the vice president of the United States, the same thing. And it's not a racist comment. Either way. No, it's a fact. And so because they have these morons running their end of it, we, we can go in there and say, whoa, okay, what are we going to do now? What are we going to do to change the direction of the country to get to end inflation? Well, it's not going to end overnight, but boy, it's going to it's going to turn it around pretty quick when, when we get in there and immediately start drilling here, now, and everywhere in the Anwar, the Dakota pipelines, the Keystone pipeline, every pipeline you could get your hands on. We're going to we're going to start. Yes. And it's going to turn around quickly because the price of gas isn't dependent on the flow of the gasoline. It's dependent on the flow of the money. It's dependent on the flow of the investment. It's dependent on the belief. In their belief, just the way I believe in what's coming, when they're going to believe with it, yes, this is how it's going to be. No, not how it's going to be for the next six months or the next year. This is how it's going to be. We have finally turned the corner. The tipping point of understanding why energy renewable may be a good thing, but we're a long ways before we can be dependent on it. And in the meantime, for the next 20, 30, 40, whatever, 50 years, we are blessed to be sitting on all the oil reserves we need to, to, to pump out all the gas and oil and, and, and liquid energy and everything else. Whatever it is, we are blessed and we're going to take advantage of it. And we're going to do the same thing with our farms. And, and we're going to get back in there and we're going to, we're going to change policy. We're not going to let the Chinese buy up all our farmland. That's what's going on. We got a major problem with the Chinese and we're going we're gonna to be able to get in there and do something about it, where if we didn't have the morons at the top, if they had put in there, thank God they didn't. I'm, I'm going to say it. That's how I think. If they, if they had come up with some charismatic leader of the same, you know, policy. But who, you know, what is a charismatic left winger anyway? AOC, come on. We see right through her. AOC right through her. There you go. John, what's his name? The uh, global climate czar? The guy that ran for president? I mean, John Hines, right? <laughs> Yeah, that's his claim to fame. But, you know, who could they have put in there? They don't have anybody. I'll tell you who I'm afraid of on the Democrat side. Van Jones. I, 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 I wish that guy could be on our side. That is one sharp dude. They have some good people, some people with charisma, some people who I think are real smart. And why they think the way they think? 
I don't know. Would I like to butt heads with that guy? Yes. You're damn right. I like to butt heads with people like that. He's not a Kaepernick. You know, I don't know if he thinks the same. I don't know if, if Van Jones was playing football. I'd like to think he would stand up and put his hand on his heart for the national anthem. Maybe, I, mean, I know. I know that's, Mike, you talk about Van Jones over here. I know, but like I said, I want, I want to be optimistic. I want to believe that, you know, people who I like, and, and, and when that guy's on, I know he's on the left side, but he's a cool dude, man. They, they don't have too many of them. So, yeah, they like to, they like to convert all guys. Michael Steele. Whatever happened to him? Oh, my God. I used to like him when he was on our team. I, I don't know what happened to the guy. There's so many like that. And they're, they're all like, at the same time, it's okay because we're going to win in two weeks. We're going to take back Congress and we are going to change the direction of the country. And then we're going to take back the White House. Now, I don't know when that's going to happen because I don't think that Joe Biden can last two more years if we take back Congress. We're going to beat him up. You know, he's going to be in there trying to beat up everything we have. And we're going to be in there twisting arms with Democrats. So it's veto-proof. There's a lot going on. This is exciting times. We're going to be prosecuting people like, um, let's see, Hunter Biden. <laughs> yeah, we're going to. Um, it, it's, we have to. We, we have to. Whatever happened with the, with the FBI? What happened? How do you bring all this out? You know, we spent millions and millions of dollars investigating, and then they, they, they find this guy, what, 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 what's his, what's his name? Igor? They, they say he's, um, he's, he's not guilty. I don't think it's innocent. It's not guilty. <laughs> Igor Donchenko. John Durham has been working for years, years. And what his condemnation was about was the FBI. And, you know, I, I don't know how they found this guy not guilty. I, I just I just don't understand it. And I don't understand why it's not at the top of what people are talking about these days. I mean, you know, it, 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 it was just so wrong. And they find, I, I, I get that, you know, the left wing owns Washington, D.C. And there is no jury in Washington, D.C. that's going to condemn, you know, the political left. It's not going to happen. Still, Igor Danchenko? I mean, he, he, I'm laughing, but I'm not laughing. But I know that, you know, next year, you know, we're going to win in two weeks. They're going to have their little lame duck period of time until January. I, somebody said, I think it's January 3rd. Boom, we come in there. Now, let's see what Kevin McCarthy is going to do as speaker. It's Jim Jordan. That's who I want to see in action. Daryl Issa, back. <laughs> I mean, we have some good guys. We have some some guys, some gals. I, I you know, <laughs> I'm looking forward to it. You got to look forward to enjoy. It's like, I know, you know, I want to see the Yankees in the World Series. <laughs> I'm sorry they didn't make it. But I, they could win or lose. Doesn't buy me a cup of coffee. I'm, I'm not betting on baseball or football or anything. It's not my thing. But they winning or not winning doesn't change much in my life. Yeah, if you own some stores in, you know, New York City or in San Diego and you don't get the you know, the three, four games that you'd get, I, 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 that's bad. Yeah, then, yeah. But, uh, you know, that's not, no, don't mean a thing. But when our people win, the conservative, common sense, America first, MAGA, make America great again. What is wrong with that? Why are we accepting, when they say, uh, hear some aspersions on MAGA, it's make America great. I love this country. I'm blessed. We're blessed. 
to be born here, to live here, to enjoy the freedom that we have, that I have to do this podcast, and you have to listen to it. I mean, this is great. And so, you know, it, it's it's going to be great when we're in charge like we were in charge during the Trump years, during the Reagan years. And let's hope that, you know, the people that we have on our bench are strong enough. And I think they are. I think I think we have some great people, some great men, some great women, people that I believe in, people that America can believe in to, to bring out the greatness of this American experiment in, in the human condition that will enable us all to get out there and, and live our best lives. That's what, that's what, you know, makes America, America. The ability that we have to do that, to be that. So I'm looking forward to it. I'm, I'm looking forward to enjoying all of it. The spectacle, the negotiations, but most of all, the results. Because it's the results that count. The results of, you know, being energy independent. Again, not only energy independent, you got to remember something. With everything going on in the war with Ukraine, and I, I'm not going to get into my opinion on all that. I think Ukraine is pretty much a corrupt country. I think all the money we sent there, so much of it goes to defend Ukraine, and then so much goes into the pockets of this one, that one, and the, and the other one. So, you know, it's going to be different. But Look how Russia is just falling apart. Look how this war exposed how unprepared. You know, we all had this big image of Russia, the big bear, you know, the, and Putin, you know. And, oh, my God, have, have, have we discovered the big bad wolf had no teeth. <laughs> I mean, Grandma, what big teeth you have. No, <laughs> this big bad built wolf just had nothing. They're getting their butts kicked. The Ukrainians are stepping up and kicking butt and living large. I mean, what they're going through, death and destruction, destroying their country. Don't get me wrong. It's horrible. But we, we see what's going on over there, and Europe is just struggling. And where are they getting their energy from? Man, they're not getting it from Russia, are they? They're going to get it from us. Let's let's go back in there. Let's drill for oil and sell it to them. They need it. And by the way, the oil that we get here in the United States is a lot cleaner than the oil that we would be getting from. Can you believe that Biden was begging the Saudi? And now he's going to go back. Oh, I'm going to get even with them. He's so angry at them. That's not the way to play the game. You don't do that. That's so childish. But, you know, what do you expect from a Joe Biden? But, you know, our oil is cleaner and it's better. And we're not going to need them. We're just, you know, we're just going to drill and get the oil we need. And we're going to sell the oil. And it's going to be great. By the way, going through the rest of the country, I was paying about average three fifty a gallon of gas. Yeah, using regular. About three fifty a gallon. There was a couple of times I, I was driving through, I don't know where it was, Ohio, New Mexico. And you pull up to a, you know, to a truck stop and you see $4, $4. <laughs> and I mean, you know, I was on the road for over a week, you know, almost two weeks. And this, and you get, you, so back in California, here I am, 585, 599, what? It's crazy. Anyway, we're back, we're here. We're going to be doing this again and again and again. Sorry I was out for a while, but couldn't do this on the road. I tried. I really did. I tried it in the car. It was, it didn't work. Hopefully this one came out well. I'm New York Mike. Thanks for listening to Rolling with New York Mike. Thanks for listening to Rolling with New York Mike. Listen, follow, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts to keep this podcast rolling.